Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. Last rock. Eighth end. Up by two. I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm white. I don't think you are either. Oh, oh. it's clean. Oh, don't oh. kill it, Ben. Don't kill it. Don't kill it. Line's really good. Line's right on the button, guys. Right Last here. stone for Kevin Martin. They want it on the button. The sweepers are watching it. Fans are on their feet. Kevin Martin goes out as a champion. Cuts him to one. He will win his final Grand Slam, taking the Players' Championship. Talk about putting an exclamation mark at the end of a career. All he had to do was cut him down. Kevin Martin can celebrate. He is a champion. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to this special edition of Inside Curling. I'm Jungle Jim Jerome with our two World Curling Hall of Famers, Warren Hansen and Kevin Martin, the one and only. We're still talking curling. Kevin, you sat down with uh, Eve Muirhead and uh, Jennifer Jones, of course, Bruce Mowat and Tabitha Peterson. We've heard from Tabitha. We've heard from Eve. And now it's time to hear from Jennifer Jones and the interview you did. Uh, thanks a lot to Coyote Tractor Sports Interaction. Goldline Curling Equipment, Nestle Boost, and Meridian. Jennifer, not shy about her opinions on things. Check it out. Thank you very much for uh, for taking the time with us today. I appreciate it. Let's just talk about, first of all, uh, getting back to another Olympic Games. It's obviously you know the big thing for all of us. So tell me about the experience in uh, Beijing. Going to the Olympics is, well, you think it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience, so to go twice is just unreal. It was definitely a different experience in Beijing compared to Sochi and in terms of just all the COVID restrictions and not having fans, not having a Canada house. The athletes' lounge was, well, much smaller. You didn't really kind of commingle as much as you would have like at a previous game. So that part of the Olympic experience was quite a bit different, but we still got to slide over those Olympic rings and have the maple leaf on our back. And it was a huge privilege. You always carry the maple leaf very well for us. Uh, the team, you play the next two events with the old team. What's that going to be like for you to play with the old team for the last two events? Yeah, very excited to to come and be able to finish the season. We really haven't played a lot since the Olympics or at all. So it's kind of nice to get back on the ice and lots of history with the girls. I mean, Don and Caitlin and I have gone through a lot together and it feels like I can't even remember not curling with them. So excited to have a couple more events. And then obviously Jocelyn and Lisa, lots of great memories there too. So we're going to go out and see what we can do. And the season ends in the middle of May. Until then, well, that's all we're focused on. Sounds good. I do like the fact of what you're going forward with your new team for lots of reasons, but I'd like to hear your thoughts on, I guess, how it came together and your thoughts and excitement of going forward with a young crew. 
Yeah, when I realized that my team was going to be no longer, I, I knew Dawn was going to retire and, you know, and Caitlin and Jocelyn are kind of moving on to different things and Lisa's taking a step back and playing mixed doubles. So when I knew that was happening, I sat back and reflected on what I wanted to do. And I was so excited every time I talked about the potential of playing with Mackenzie Zacharias and her team. So I reached out to them and just wanted to see if there was any interest and they were just super excited and said all the perfect things. Like they just have the same desire for curling that I do. They, they have the same determination, the same vision. And they remind me of me when I was their age. But when I talk to them, I don't feel older than them because they've got it together. They know exactly what they want to do. They have a plan. They're amazing people, amazing human beings. And it's a privilege for me to step on the ice with them. Yeah, I'm interested on your thoughts on on kind of the schedule and maybe expectations of when. It's a very unusual situation. I'm excited about it. But what do you think going into the year? What are your expectations? Well, it's interesting. I remember when Caitlin joined the team, people were surprised and it seemed to work out okay for us. So, uh, but no, I think for us as a new team, we're going to try to play as much as we can early. The girls are more than willing to play um, lots of events and we want to try to work out some kinks. But, you know, with any new team, I think you can expect some bumps along the way as you try to figure it out. But the one thing I know about these girls from what I know very early on, and I don't doubt it at all, is that their work ethic is going to be second to none. And they're just going to want to try everything possible in order to be the best. And to be a part of that is almost magical to me. It's like ending my career in a way that I started my career where everything is magic. And that to me is fantastic. You're going to run the team, the team's going to be run with a five-person squad. Same as you and I have talked a lot about how important that is to you. Do you anticipate um, how that will run, how, how you'll manage that? We haven't figured out all of the logistics of the five-person team yet, but Two of the girls are still finishing off their degrees, so that could work out really advantageous if they had some conflicts with school. But we'll definitely get everybody in their alignment. There may be times where I don't play in some events as well. So it's going to be us trying to figure out the best position for everybody, but also allowing us to pursue our dream of curling and at the same time having some opportunities to maybe have some school or do other things. That really uh, segues nice into my next uh, topic. The length of season that we have in curling now, and you, you're still playing mixed doubles too. So it's not just five-person curling or four-person curling, but also mixed doubles in the length of the season, how to manage that with life, but also fatigue, all these things. Yeah, and I think that that's why in my opinion, a five-person team is, is a great advantage because the season is so long. Like we really only get six weeks off really before, like by the time the season ends and then you take some time off and then you're training and practicing for the next season and you're seeing a lot more curling-related injuries. I'm very lucky in all of my years of curling. I haven't really had any curling-related injuries, but I've curled with teammates who definitely have and, and at a very young age. So I, I think it's something we're going to see more and more of as we've talked about and hopefully we can be leading that way and It'll just give us the opportunity to play as much as we can, but in the same breath, make sure that we don't have fatigue, that we can still be rested. We take care of our bodies and our minds and be ready to go for the big events. When it comes to big events, I'd, I'd really like to hear your thoughts on the length of the event. The world takes so long and there's so many games and mixed doubles uh, over in Geneva will be so many games and just the events in general seem to get longer and longer, not shorter and shorter. What are your thoughts when you come to events and thinking, can we lick this up a little quicker? <laughs> I love to curl, so I play for weeks on end and I never get tired. <laughs> I'm hesitant to always have less teams getting into these events because 
it is very hard for countries with a lot of depth to qualify for world championships. So we don't want to be really be reducing the field. Um, and I'm not a big fan of pools. So you want to have a full round robin? Well, in terms of like championships, I just feel like the pools are, they're never equal. And when you're carrying your record forward, it just doesn't seem like the way to determine a champion in my opinion. So I don't mind the length of the events as long as the format satisfies why we're having the length of the event. Okay, and now let's talk about this week here at the Players' Championship with the Triple Knockout. It almost sort of went away for a while. Your thoughts on the Triple Knockout style of event? It's interesting because I know a lot of the curlers really like it, and I like it as well. It's harder to plan in terms of, like, if you're trying to do other things while you're playing here, but it definitely is a is a fair way to play. And I don't mind the pools when we do them at the Slams because we have more pools and you qualify more teams. Like, almost half the field will qualify for the playoffs, and then it almost becomes a sudden death after that. So I feel like that format works as well, but I also like the triple. I just think it's harder for fans to maybe pick their matchups that they want to like really come and watch because you just never know who's going to be playing. One part of curling these days that's become very important is last own draw. Tell me about it. Yes. So <laughs> I, but I would like to hear your thoughts and I know it impacted you greatly, but I want to hear your thoughts of the whole sport that way. And of course with triple knockouts, it's not a thing because it's not part of it. It doesn't, doesn't matter. Your thoughts on the last own draw becoming so important in our sport and the differential between round robin and triple knockout or double knockout. Yeah, and even before the Olympics, I wasn't a big fan of the last stone draw eliminating a team from a competition. I'm definitely a proponent of a tiebreaker. Maybe you don't have multiple tiebreakers. If there's like eight teams qualified for a spot, you can limit it to a certain number of teams. But to have one team eliminated like we were at the, at the Olympics based on last stone draw just doesn't seem the right thing to do in my opinion. And I thought that before the Olympics. So it's not just because it impacted us. It's one skill in curling and there's lots of skills in curling that you need to have. And for example, like we played Denmark at the last game of the Olympics and her rock picked in the last stone draw. So there's other things and other factors that can come into play that will impact you so greatly. So it's something that we practice. Um, it's actually something we usually do quite well at. So I should be championing for it, except at the Olympics, we just didn't have a great last stone draw for some reason. And um, it impacted us greatly. Playoff systems. It seems like when you come to an event, the playoff system seems to vary a fair amount. I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts because when I used to come to events back in the day, you'd come in and go, you're just coming from one event on Sunday night and you're coming to the next event, maybe the next day. You have to figure out, well, wait a minute, what are the rules? It's becoming more complicated, I find. I'm a curler and I didn't even understand what the playoff format was for the Scotties and the Briars this year. Like I had no, I couldn't even follow it. Brent and I were talking about it and we tried to figure it out and how they even came up with the system. Yeah, it would be nice to have a little bit more consistency in format. So even fans know exactly what's going to happen, how the teams are going to advance. But again, like sometimes in Canada, we, we differ on how we advance teams and rules and some of those rules I agree with. So I don't know if we need to necessarily change to mimic everything that happens internationally. Like there's some things that it's nice to keep the way we do in Canada because we think it's better. If it's confusing enough where you and Brent are sitting at a table and can't figure it out and it has to do with curling, that's pretty, that's pretty tough. The la uh, women's worlds and men's worlds, uh, they tried the no tick. So the WCF decided to put in a trial. Now this is going to be studied for the two events, the data, released and figure out should it go forward or not. We're doing it here, the slam as well. Thoughts on that idea? All along, I've said I like the no-tick rule. It should add more offense to the game, but I would actually just say there's no ticks. Like, it doesn't have to be on the center line. 
just you can't hit a guard for the first few rocks at the end. And and just really like even corner guards, you're seeing them chipped into the house and taking really away what the five rock rule was supposed to do. So I think it's kind of fun, but it will be interesting to see because as rules are implemented, you'll see different strategies and you're, you'll always see it kind of evolve to a more defensive style. So it'll be interesting to see how it evolves, but I definitely think it makes for some more interesting it did at the world's more interesting 10th and 11th ends. And, you know, if you don't have hammer, you still have a chance. And for the most part right now, if you don't have hammer in an extra end, you're probably not going to win that game. Right. And it seemed to me that we're watching uh, both at the women's, maybe even more at the men's, where leads were given up with steals. It was remarkable. And I don't know. Like it's, it'll be interesting to see the data that comes out of the World Curling Federation in regards to this. Rem- remember, we, you and I talked about uh, the four minutes per end and the no extra ends, and this was just the first trial. So we'll see what comes up next if those other two rules come in or not. I, I would like to get your opinion on on no extra ends, though. I don't like the other two rules. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I thought that no tick was worth trying just because, I mean, I, obviously I'm a fan of curling as well, and if, I, if it goes to extra end and a tick is made, like I turn off the game like I don't even watch the end because you know how it's gonna happen um, for the most part so I like that rule but the the four minutes per end to me it just turns into racing curling like speed curling and it takes away from the thought process the strategy that really kind of is true to our game like that's what makes our game curling there's things that we can evolve to make it more interesting for the fans and make it better for tv but we also don't want to take away from the integrity of the game. And I think speed curling does that. And then the no extras, it's just like a draw to the button. I, I don't think a game should be decided by last stone draw or like where you get different points if you don't win the game outright. So that I, I don't like those rules. <laughs> period. 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 <laughs> uh, last thing, you're playing in the Players' Championship. I think you've won it six times. Are you going for seven? I, I think so. Your excitement level when you when you come to Grand Slams and to the Players' Championship itself. This is probably my favorite event. I just love it. I think you did too, Kevin. Like, it's just... It was the one that the women were always invited to early on, and now we've been invited to all of them, but it was the one that we could come to, so it kind of holds a special place in my heart where it was kind of the first step for women's curling evolving to that kind of next level, and to come and to play against the best teams in the world on great ice, and we get to play in Toronto now, which just seems amazing that we've come this far, and I don't know. There's just something special about this Players' Championship. I, I really believe that it was the stepping stone for greatness in women's curling around the world. And to come in to, to win it is special, very special. Thank you very much. Good luck. Thank you. So there you have it. Fellas, Jennifer Jones, big news on the curling front. You know, she's going to a new team. She phoned them. She phoned that team and and asked if they wanted her, and they sure did. And the other one, Kev and Warren, no pools. Jennifer goes, no pools. They're not (laughs) matched. They don't work. Doesn't like them. Uh, Warren, what do you say? I guess it's a good point. Pools are are difficult because no matter how hard you try, you're hardly ever going to get them to a point where you say that they're matched. And of course, there's always been kind of a theory with Canadian and World Championships that a number of teams there that they want to play against each other, all 10 or 12 or 14 or whatever number it may be. So it becomes a, a challenge. And I think, again, the, the only answer to it at all levels is 
there can't be more than 10 teams in the Canadian Championship or World Championship. And the way around it is to start to going into levels, uh, Pool A, Pool B, Pool C, where you play in a level that you're at. And when you get better than that level, you move up to the next one and somebody from the one above you moves down, which is the common thing in most sports. But we seem to have this issue in curling that we don't want to go that way. And as a result, you have a situation in the World Championship now where the the round robin is 12 games, 12 games. That's before even playoffs. So these teams are playing 15, 16 games in one event. So it's difficult physically, but it's also taking so much time. And a lot of people used to travel to the Briar, maybe back in the days when it started Monday and ended Saturday. But now it starts Friday and goes through that weekend and through the next weekend. And no one, uh, except probably someone who is retired, is going to spend that time at an event as well. So it's hard on the spectators, and it's hard on the players. So what's going to happen? Probably nothing, but uh, Kevin, what do you think? Well, the whole, yeah, the whole system with so many teams, you know, that's obviously quite political. When will it change? That, well, politics, <laughs> it changes slow. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's hard for some nations who kind of get, are given a spot or have a real good chance at a spot to give that up. As far as the playoff systems go, when you have so many teams and you have such a long round robin and Scotty's and Briar case now, it's with two pools and it's very, very messy and it's a discussion that needs to happen. How do we kind of clean things up, make it a little bit simpler for the, not for the major curling fans. They all, they'll all figure it out. You know, the, the sports fans, they want to tune into curling a little bit and then tune into hockey and then tune into something else and something else. But when they come into the curling, it can't be so confusing that they just, well, what's going on? How, how does this work? You know, it has to be very, very simple, I think. And right now it's just, it's not really, really simple and a little shorter to Warren's point, having these events maybe start on Monday or Tuesday and end on Sunday would be much better. Just figure out how to crown the champ. When it comes to these events, there's usually only four or five teams at the most who really have a legit shot of winning. And we just have to figure out a way to put the crown on on the big one at the end. And and that's it. So we should be able to do it quicker, I think. However, that being said, you guys, um, during your interview with her, Kevin, you talked about the length of these events in too many games, and she was the one who said, it never bothers me because all I want to do 24-7 is curl. <laughs> well, that's true. That's right. right. She said, I love curling. So, you know, remember, you just like you have 13 teams, 18 teams, round robins, pools. You know, all she said is, I don't like the pools. And she's the oldest one out there. I thought she would have retired, but she's gone with this other team. But she said unequivocally, yeah, I don't know, throw it at me. I'll curl forever. Jimmy, one thing about Jennifer is when she finishes that event, whatever event we're talking about, it doesn't matter. The next week, they're playing in another one anyways. You're right. It's in some other continent or country or province. It doesn't matter. You're right. Jennifer Jones is a special one. She loves She loves the sport of curling. Absolutely. I want to touch on something that Kevin said that's really important that we've never really talked about much. And he indicated... You know, the people that are really dedicated curling fans, they'll watch anything, anytime, anywhere. But what we have to always remember, those followers of the sport are not huge in numbers. And and most of our followers are, to some degree, on the fringe. And and we want to bring in new people. And the way to do that is we have to be consistent in what we do. So when they 
turn on the television or, you know, it's like the PGA Tour in golf. You know when you tune into a championship exactly on Friday what's happening. That's the qualifying round day. And then you know on Saturday and Sunday you got to make the cut. And it's the same week after week after week. And a good example there was they brought in the FedEx Cup in golf a few years ago. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm still confused to exactly how that whole thing works because I'm kind of a fringe fan with golf. I'm not going to be there every day, every week, but I'm interested in it. And that's the thing we have to keep in mind. It's the old KISS principle when it comes to this stuff. Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. The only thing anyone knows about the FedEx Cup is that you win $10 bucks. <laughs> that's right. Uh, I will tell you this, Warren, and it's your fault. Talking about the length of the event, you brought it up, and you do from time to time that, you know, a briar, for example, starts on a Friday and goes till a Sunday. And that's 10 days and it's too long. But I know guys weren't a group of boys from Thunder Bay. <laughs> One of the guys told me, they never see a draw, Kev, uh, Warren, but they're there Thursday night and they're there hardy, man, right through to the following Sunday. And one guy told me, uh, I hope my wife doesn't figure it out, but I told her the briar is two and a half weeks. <laughs> so, But that was the old days. People aren't doing that anymore. And for whatever reason, the world has changed right. and we still haven't figured out that the world has changed and people aren't going to travel to that event for two consecutive weekends. It's just not going to happen in any kind of numbers that matter. Well, and to your point, Warren, you said, you know, the younger crowd, they want everything now. Snap, snap, snap. Everything's got to be quicker and more condensed going forward. And, and curling isn't the only ones that have to get their head around that most of these sports uh, have got the same challenge and as a result even the big sports uh, most of their audience is, is over 50 they're they're not attracting people in the numbers under 40 that they're going to need for ongoing survival and i know somebody like the nfl they're working on that really hard to try and figure out how they bring in more younger people but sport overall has got a challenge going to the future yeah and there's a reason there's a reason hockey for example when they go into overtime that they went to three on three and they went to a shootout Warren you're right they got to end these games quick baseball now Kevin you go to extra innings they put a guy in second base you know to, to, to I end love these that Jimmy and that's what uh, girls softball have done for years and years and years is put a person on second it's called the international rules and it, it, it tends to end the game sooner it's a great idea and uh, and with MLB I know there's been some complaining about it but I love it too you know the first thing that I always look for is okay what kind of speed is going to be on the bags at second? That matters. All of a sudden, if you've got a really fast right. person, and it's just by who went out last, that person goes out to second base. Well, if it's it's your slow runner, oh, no, a single won't do it. We won't, we won't be able to score them. But if somebody real fast, now all of a sudden a single, and yep, you can score that runner from second. So that's kind of exciting for me. Yeah, sport has to keep looking forward. And it's it's not just curling, but man, you can see on our Facebook group of when things that are new and possibly going to happen, say like the tick rule of how many, oh, leave that game alone, leave it the way it is. And that's the old guard. That's the people that have become accustomed to the way things are. And that group can become very loud and vocal. The younger ones often aren't heard. And I think we need to start listening, particularly now at this period of time, more important than ever, to the younger voices. When is Curling Canada going to start to listen to us that everyone wants shorter events? <laughs> you don't have a thought on that, do you, Warren? <laughs> uh, no, no, I'm not going to say uh, Big bang, bong, clunk. Uh, okay. Uh, thanks. Thanks a lot, Kevin for lining up that interview with Jennifer and God, she's amazing. She's absolutely amazing and, and is going to keep at it. So we'll watch for her next year. Uh, thanks a lot to our sponsors. Uh, we really appreciate them along the way. Sports Interaction, Coyote Tractor, Goldline Curling Equipment, Nestle Boost, and Meridian Manufacturing. Good job, Kev. Uh, everyone take it easy. Go back to doing what you're doing. Uh, Warren, are you a gardener? 
Can you can you plant flowers? Are you any good? No, no green fun. <laughs> I'm good, but it's Home Depot who does it all. Uh, we'll talk to you next time, boys. Take it easy, Kevin. See you, Warren. Thanks, Jim. Thanks. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now.